Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and we've got a ripping edition in store for you today. It's the one place to get all your summaries of what took place on the weekend and, of course, preview the main event this Saturday afternoon at Preston City Oval to Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Final between Heidelberg and Bandura. We'll be going through all of that. We'll give some predictions as well, best on grounds, of course, with our Frank Rosbrook medal as well coming up on Wednesday night. We'll chat a bit about that as well. So we've got you all sorted and to help me get through another great episode is none other than Josh Ward. Josh, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure, Nick. And yeah, it is going to be, well, a slightly shorter, but a big addition. There was some really invigorating results, only two games from the past weekend, but mm. a massive, massive weekend coming up and a massive night on Wednesday night as well. Can't wait for both. Getting right into the crux of the season <laughs> now, aren't we? Looking forward to it. Very much so. Well, we might as well just get straight into things. Um, And we'll begin with last Saturday at Preston City Oval. We Mm. had the MC Labor Division 2 Grand Final. Now, it was an interesting... I guess it was a highly anticipated clash coming into it, of course. These were the two top sides in the competition coming up against each other. Altham finishing the season 17-1 and with looking the red-hot favourites. They go down to Banyul in the second semi-final. They clutch their way through a win against Diamond Creek in the prelim. The Bears uh, were looking the goods coming into the grand final. And I guess we were expecting maybe a bit of a closer clash at mm-hmm. the least. Uh, but at the same time, you just got to give all credit to the Bears. They just showed their class throughout the afternoon. They picked up a very, very comfortable victory and well on their way to Division One football now next season. And I think we were just taken aback in a sense by just how impressive Banyol looked for, the, for all four quarters. They were, they were brilliant. Uh, yeah, they were They were definitely the best side. And it, it was a bit of a shock given, you know, I was expecting Eltham to respond after that second semi-final defeat. But Banyol, they just, they put the clamps on them like they did in that second semi-final. And then... It, it, it was, you know, there was hope for Eltham at half time. They were down, I think it was nine by three goals. But then Banyol just blew them out of the water in that th- in that third quarter, the Premiership quarter they call it, and it was a Premiership quarter from uh, from Banyol. Just took the game by the scruff of the neck, and then you know they continued it at the start of the the fourth quarter. They started to backpedal a little bit but it was too little too late for Eltham it was it could have been a lot more the the margin doesn't truly ref- reflect how much how dominant Banyol were I reckon well that I mean you just had to look at the way they played and you're right it was that scintillating third quarter really where they polled on four in a row and, and that was sort of the mm. end of the story and you know, I think a lot of that had to go down to Jack Langford um, and his ability up forward I mean we know what he can do um, and we've seen it all year being the competition leading goal kicker. He's had his stints at, at McLeod as well and, and playing key roles at both ends of the ground there, but just took it to another level on Saturday. And you could tell early on that he was that he was looking good um, and then he just, you know, for, to kick five goals in any grand final, um, quite brilliant from him. Yeah, it was really, really brilliant from him. Four in the second half as well. He could have had... Uh, he had plenty of chances in that, that first half, just... It didn't take advantage of them, but yeah, he was he was a massive difference. And 
But James Kairos as well, he could have taken the game by the scruff of his neck as well. He had plenty of chances up for it. I think it was only two goals. He, he Two or one goal. Just he, the one, I think. He, yeah. Which he, I think he kicked four behinds as well and had one out of bounds on the full to start the game. And he could have had a lot more and it could have been a lot bigger of a margin. But the best on ground, Tim Martin, yep. he thoroughly deserved it. I, I said last week in this same position that it was going to be either one of the Ruckman who would win the best on ground, whoever wins. And I tipped, picked Finbar Maley because, of course, I backed Eltham. But it was Tim Munn who was consistent all day, given his midfielder's first juice consistently. And, yeah, he was the difference in the end and deserved the best on ground medal. I mean, it didn't surprise me in the end that he has such <laughs> an influence. He's, when he has played this year, and he, he, I think he's only played just over half the season. But when he has played, Josh, he's been, he's been incredible um, not just in the ruck, but, you know, around the ground. His ability to go back and beat that hole in defence and, you know, go back with the flight of the ball, take some really big marks, um, is extraordinary for what he's able to do. And I'm sure he's, he'll fit into Division One football pretty nicely the way he's going with that. So, no, some great performances all around. I mean, there was definitely a couple that you could have raffled off. Kai Yodji coming back from injury, mm-hmm. I thought, was pretty terrific um, as well around the ground. You, you definitely had a few contributors across the park. I thought Christian Faccioni wasn't too bad. Either you look down in the back line, Nicholas Bisconton was, was excellent. I think he was probably yeah. the best defender on the park. And um, yeah, look, for Banyul now, it's, it's going to be Division One football for them. It's an incredible rise, really. Eight years in the competition for them to already be up into Division One. We, we mentioned it briefly in the post game about how we thought they would go in the top flight next year. Um, do, do you see them just having to maybe amend a couple of holes maybe to their game to ensure that they don't just come straight back down? Uh, I don't think so. They've got, you know, plenty of talent on the park, players who have played Division 1 and, and top level footy as well. In the coaching panel, you've got the likes, most likely Brett Stan and, and Ricky Dyson on the sideline who have experience with, plenty of experience with that with Essendon at the AFL level. You've got, I think, Tim Martin, Tim Martin as well. He's come across from the VAFA a couple of years ago. Ruben Blackmore Moore as well. He, you know, played a bit of amateur, played a bit of amateur footy. you got Jack, Jack Lankford who, who's played in the top di- top division with McLeod and uh, he's played in grand finals with them. And, you know, I think if they can add a couple more players who, uh, more experienced players who have played in that top level, top level at any local footy, local footy league, especially the Northern, especially this league, then I reckon, you know, they could potentially cause some, cause some shockwaves in Division 1 next year. And I reckon... You know, I don't think they'll go down immediately. There is plenty of talent on that uh, on that list, and you know, we, you, we saw what they could do in Division Two after immediately going up from Division Three mm. in 2017. They, you know, made a grand final in Division Two two years in 2019 after winning the premiership in 2017, and uh, they win the premiership after a second consecutive try. And I, I reckon. I reckon they're going to be fine in Division One next year, and they could cause a few shockwaves. Absolutely, they could. They've got the potential to do it as well, so mm. um, don't expect the Bears to be uh, down in the dumps for too long if they are around in Division 1. But nonetheless, Altham, I mean, you know, it, they're a hard one, of course, because they're such a young team, and I, I think they took everybody by surprise about how well they went this year when they when they got on that winning streak. They, they looked unstoppable, and it was, you know, exposing that young core to senior football that really got them 
to that next level, you know. We had Daniel Horsfield play his best season. And, mm. you know, of course, we mentioned Finbar Maley, but it was like the likes of Declan Ayres and Daniel Owen and Dave Evans and uh, these guys that were playing regular senior football, but at the start of the year were playing 19s. Um, it just caused a massive shift. And you add that with someone like Rob Hyde, who's got so much experience coaching these young sides. It was no wonder they were the favourites heading into the final series. But... You know, it might have been just a case that the, the big occasion got to him. A lot of those younger mm. players were pretty quiet on grand final day, as, as Rob Hyde even said in his own speech post-game. But, um, yeah, I think they were very fumbly. They looked jittery, you know, a bit nervous around the ball. Couldn't keep possession of it. Um, and I think Banyol just exposed them. Yeah, I think it was perceived pressure as well from Banyol, but it probably was the, the pressure of of playing on such a big stage. You know, I think it's only a couple who who had played in that 2018 grand final. You know, you got the likes of yeah, Anton Woods off the top of my head. And mm. Yeah, I think, and, you know, Jackson Weatherworld as well. He didn't play in that past grand final, but he had that top division experience as well. But it was still, yeah, a really, really young side. And I think they were exposed by by Banyol and those experienced heads still didn't I, I don't feel like they managed to to calm them down and make them a little less nervous it was unfortunate because they had such a terrific season only three losses in the end and one in the regular season and they're going to be fine next year so I reckon there's no doubt they'll bounce back they'll probably you know most likely be up at the top end once more, especially if they keep that young core with the likes of Horsefield, Finbar Maley, Daniel Owen as well, who who had a really good game as well and put together such a terrific season with 63 goals. And, and Declan Ayres, you got plenty of talent on that list as well. If they could, you know, possibly add a bit more experience, then they'll, then it'll go a long way to helping them get back into Division 1. But, yeah, you got to give them credit. To make a grand final when, you know, start of the season we didn't really give them that much chance we would have thought they'd exactly. probably yeah finish around the middle of the table but they just go out and and to just go out and make it into a grand final as, as Robert Hyde said as well he was a bit he, he seemed like he was a bit shocked that the Panthers did make it all the way to the grand all the way to the grand final in his final season as Eltham coach too which is yeah it's a great achievement from him and yeah and we congratulate him as well on a, a great coaching career at Eltham absolutely he's he's been so well respected in this competition for what he's been mm. able to do I think it will be interesting to see who they pick up next year because you know for someone of for that team you know, Rob Hyde just seems to be the perfect fit. Of course, if if he decides that he wants to step aside, he absolutely can. But yeah, it'll be a fascinating watch to see who they bring into the Cape Art next year uh, for the Altham side, and and I guess how they do go about in 2023. So they'll have a bit of time to think about it. You talk about experience; they had a lot of experience in their reserves grand final too. So yeah. the Panthers get up. Um, they beat Diamond Creek pretty convincingly. I think close to 80 points was the final margin. Mm. Uh, but if you look at some of the players in that team, Matthew Williamson was playing for them. They had um, Benjamin Smith, Daniel Jarvis, David Evans was even in that team as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, they do have the experience around. Michael still, of course, played in that preliminary final and didn't end up playing in the grand final. So um, there's been a team of previous years that have had that experience at, at every end. But um, I think for the long-term future... If they can keep that young call together, they'll absolutely mm. go places. So that's MC Labor Division 2 done and dusted. Um, and it will be fascinating to see what comes about it 
next year, and that means there's only one competition left going on in the league, and that's Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And on Sunday at Preston City Over, we saw another comprehensive victory from Bandura to win their way to a fourth grand final in 11 years, which is a very impressive effort. This was a team that three years ago finished second last Mm. on the ladder. Um, And we didn't know where the uh, improvement was going to come from. Uh, Michael Ryan has just taken this side and brought them to a whole new level. They've they've been able to bring some ex-AFL players that have made a massive difference in the last couple of seasons. Um, That along with developing some youth as well has Mm -hmm. been the perfect balance. And, um, they were just too strong for Montmorency in the end, outclassed them in all three quarters. The Magpies never really looked like even getting into the game, and that was just because of Bandura's relentless pressure and their ability to keep that ball moving forward. Um, and it, it's caused the Bulls to make their way to the big dance. Yeah, and they deserve it. They've been, they have probably been the second best side for the entire year. They had a few slip ups. That, yeah, they came into this final series in, in really good form. They came off a heartbreaking loss, yes, against Heidelberg, but that was still a seriously impressive effort against, against well, what we think is the unbeatable Heidelberg lineup. But, yeah, they, they just, they came, it looked like they came out against Montmorency with a mission to, to book another date with Heidelberg and in the big dance too. And they deserve it. Yeah, just, I, I wasn't there. You, you Zach, and, and Jared were out there, out there as well, Nick. But it just looked like a, a very comprehensive performance from a Bandura side boasting plenty of talent, whether that be XAFL and VFL talent. Well, exactly right. But, I mean, you know, we did get to see a bit of that on show. Of course, Neville Jeter and Sam Lloyd um, producing some brilliant games. But, you know, it was also at both ends of the park in terms of, you know, experience. We saw Brendan Carline play one of his best games mm-hmm. of the year, I felt. Uh, but was particularly brilliant in the midfield. Danny Union stood up at the forward line as he always has this year and was able to kick some crucial goals. You had Jackson Davies in the back line just showing his class uh, with his VFL experience. So, you know, they've got stars across every line and that's that's what's got them to this position because, you know, for for Bandura, again, you know, this was a team that was there about last year as well. And Mm. I feel like the catalyst has been that Hurstbridge loss they faced a month before the end of the regular season. It was a surprise shock, I think, for everybody when that result came through. And and since then, they've only lost the one game, which, of course, was against Heidelberg last week. But even so, you could argue the the case that, you know, they hadn't lost a game after normal time um, in this since that Hurstbridge defeat. So um, they've really just strung some really incredible... Um, games together they've got a good squad their reserves are also playing off in a grand final mm. next week so the depth is absolutely there as well and um, who knows but there could be a sneaky chance who knows they are a possible sneaky chance as well and you know, I, I was reading this article the uh, the other day as, uh, and you know, we'll touch on it a bit later and you know Nine of nine of the past ten in the last eight and the last eight premiers, they've, you know, they've played the week before as well, and I wonder how much that'll affect the a young Heidelberg Heidelberg outfit who, you know, who have only would have only played the one game this final series leading up to it against Bundur, and whilst they would have recuperated after that loss, well, after that victory, which would have left them battered and bruised. I think it's going. I think Bandura come into this in much better form now, given how comfortably they won against the Montmorency side, who they only just defeated the week before, the week, well, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, it's all set up for a big grand final. But you got to give credit to Montmorency as well. Well, I was going to bring up the Magpies, of course, their season now coming. Mm-hmm. 
to an end. And this is another team that was, I guess, in a similar way to Bandura. 2018, they missed the finals and, and missed it quite considerably as well. And, uh, you know, they, they're still looking for their first flag, I think, now in over close to 50 years. So it has taken a while for them to find that, that flag again. But they brought Gary Ramsey in at the start of the 2019 season mm. uh, and he was able to get them to a finals place. Uh in 2019, they got them to fifth spot, just going down to, well, not just, but uh, going down to West Preston in the elimination final. Then, of course, they've had a couple of COVID-interrupted seasons, but um, his ability to bring that side back up to where they were and for them to finish in a top three position, um, I think, is a real credit to his coaching. Not that we need reminding of, of the feats mm-hmm. that he's accomplished already in the Northern Football Nepal League, but um, I guess just the fact that he's he's been able to, you know, get some... Again, similar to Bandura in a sense that they were able to bring some experience in. They had, they had um, they had Ben Kennedy for a little while, but you know, more recently, of course, Mitch Honeychurch and Lin Jong, who both didn't play on Sunday, which I think was a yeah uh, a couple of big losses for them. But you know, just just getting plays around the ground. You know, Jesse Donaldson getting back to his best towards the end of the season, um, having the likes of Samuel Binion playing career best football, um, getting Patrick Fitzgerald, you know, a veteran that was always finishing second or third in the goal kicking to just go to another level and, and win the goal kicking award and win it comfortably. Um, yeah, he's definitely got the magnets, I think, to make things going. Um, of course, bringing in Lee and Wale Buxton was a massive yeah. um, help for their ruck stocks. And, um, you know, it was they were a touch exposed, you felt, when that, when he wasn't playing. But, um, look, definitely the, the signs are there for another improved season for Montmorency next year, I think. Yeah, it's... It is a really, really talented outfit with, yeah, bringing in the players like Liam Well Buxton, who, you know, again, he's coming across from a Premier Division outfit in the East, in the EFNL, and he's done just terrifically, named 13 times out of a possible 18 in the best, and just put together such a phenomenal first season in Rock, and Sam Binion coming back full-time from Coburg, yeah, he put together a terrific season in midfield as well. They've got plenty of youth in there. They've got plenty of experience. All the ingredients are there. It's just, yeah, it's just probably about finding a, a little bit more depth. They do have the depth. They got close to, I think, a Heidelberg outfit well, in the regular season, which, had, mm-hmm. which were, I believe, undefeated for most of it. But, yeah, they do have the depth. It's maybe just add a little bit more depth, and it, particularly in ruck, because you know, Connor Dalgleish, he's not the greatest ruckman, and he, he, well, he's probably more of a defender than a ruckman, and he had to do a bit of rucking with no Liam Buxton and Stefan Newslack. If they had maybe a bit more depth, particularly in their rucks, in their ruck stocks, I reckon they could cause some potential shockwaves next year as well and potentially finish top of the table and maybe even win a premiership. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call because, you know, Montmorency weren't that far off it, particularly in the mm. first half of the year. They were playing some incredible football and posting some big scores as well. So, uh, you know, they've definitely got the ability to, you know, really challenge it. I mean, they're still the only side to have beaten yeah. Heidelberg this year, albeit by a point. So, uh, you know, all I guess all the signs are there for them to continue on this trajectory next year. Um, and even though they fell short on Sunday, I think Gary Ramsey will still be impressed. Um, you know, we saw them play at West Preston Lakeside in the first semi-final a couple of weeks ago, and and that was sort of the game where where if things are going right for Montmorency, that's what they can produce. So um, they've still got plenty to look forward to. Before we get to a preview of uh, the Melbourne Greyhounds Division One Grand Final, which is, is going to be a massive day at Preston mm. City Oval, you know, after three years, we're getting the top flight. <laughs> 
uh, decider back into action. I want to have a quick chat about the Frank Roswick medal, of course. Yeah. That's taking place on Wednesday evening at Marvel Stadium. Now you can always tune in live on our NFNL Facebook page, coverage beginning from quarter to seven. Um, so be sure to keep an eye on that. And it's a fantastic night where we, you know, celebrate the achievements of, of all our football and netball players um, and competitors. It, it, it's fantastic to see. And we're looking forward to having everyone in the same room again as well <laughs> after three years, which will be uh, very exciting. But I wanted to ask you, it might be a touch on the spot for you, Josh, so I'll give yeah. you a couple of times to think about it. But um, I want to try to get your Div 3, Div 2, and Div 1, of course, best and fairest. Now, there's definitely a lot of names to bring up there, and, and there's, there's a few that have absolutely been um, you know, around the mark and they've had some terrific seasons this year. Um, but I want to. We'll start with Division Three because there's definitely a few options. Of course, mm-hmm. Lauren South Marang boasting some great, um, some great players. You know, Kilmore, the the Bartons and Riles always seem to be ones that uh, that are always around the mark. You've got Old Altham who had their best season to date, and they had a couple of superstars around the mark as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even players in the Heidelberg West team who I think had one of their better years as well. So, um, who would you? lean towards for a Div 3 best and fairest? Oh, there's plenty of talent, you know. I'll sort of off the top of my head, but I've got the, the phone here and having a look at some of the names. You know, you've got the likes of Chris Bunn, who's put together a terrific season, Bailey Brown, Jackson Cecil with the 89 goals. Oh, and I I think 89 goals is, is really impressive and, and could help him, you know, be up the top. But I just think... Bailey Brown, he was a key player in that South Morang lineup this lineup this year. Whilst he didn't, when we saw Lorimer South Morang in the Division Three Grand Final a couple of weeks, ago, a week and a half ago now, he didn't. He, you know, he played a bit of a role, but didn't show his full potential. He he really showed it this year, coming back from Montmorency. And I think, given you know, given how hot South Morang ended the season and how key of a role he played in midfield. I reckon he'll probably get the Division 3 best and fairest. Yeah, good call. Bailey Brown is Josh's prediction. Division 2, definitely a lot to look forward to mm. in this competition's vote count. There's, um, again, players particularly from those top five clubs that have really, really shown this year and you know, even maybe a few from the Spaniel side that ended up winning the Premiership. Um, anyone you're leaning towards for Division 2, best and fairest? Oh, there is plenty of talent, especially in that Spaniel outfit. You've got the likes of Jack Lankford, Tim Martin, Ruben Blackmore-Moore, who, you know, well, he had a good season despite the fact he missed a little bit of it as well. But one player that particularly stands out... Riley Lowton, mm. such a terrific player, has that VFL experience, exposure with, you know, I think two games with the Richmond VFL side last year, but he was just a classy ball user in midfield and he showed that for parts of it on Saturday and I reckon he put together such a great season, he's probably going to get the Division 2 best and fairest. Already won a Division 2 best and fairest as well, mm. 2019, he tied with Brett McCaffrey and Xavier Damasi, so knows how to win him, um, and an MVP winner as well, so yeah. definitely could be in the running again. Now, Frank Rosbrook medal, Josh, a lot of interest about who will get up on this one, and how do you feel it's going to swing towards here? Well, I was going to say Liamwell Buxton, but I believe he's ineligible, Well, Buxton. That's win it. it's It's unfortunate, because I reckon he'll still get the most votes. He like I said, 13 times in the best out of a possible eight, well, 17 games in the regular season. He was 
a terrific performer. There is plenty of talent. There's not many from Harderberg who who stand out the the minor premiers. They, you know, every single player put together such a great season and they'll probably be taking votes off one another. Lockie Wilson could potentially go back-to-back. It, it is hard for me to see him going back-to-back, though. Whilst he took his game to another level, I reckon it's there is plenty, plenty more talent. I think Jesse Tardio, though. I think Jesse Tardio, he put together a great season as well whenever he was on the park. 13 out of 16 times in the be- in the best. And, you know, he'll be determined after, well, being ineligible last year, but still technically finishing second. And I reckon he'll probably get, he'll probably get up. Sam Binion, as, Sam Binion as well, he put together a great season given how consistently he performed and how many games he, and you know, playing most of the season. I reckon he could be up there, but I think Jesse Tardio, I think he'll probably win the Frank Crossbrook medal. Um, I think Jesse Tardio absolutely could be in contention. I think with, with him, what the best part, I mean, North Heidelberg didn't have a particularly consistent season, but mm. I felt like he was a consistent figure. Uh, yeah. But he does miss the last few games of the year, so we'll see... Um, if he, if that's going to have any impact on things. But nonetheless, very excited to see what happens on that night. So as I said, be sure to tune in NFNL Facebook page, the live stream from 6.45. Now let's get to the big one, Josh. Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Final, Preston City Oval. This Saturday afternoon, 2.15pm, Heidelberg up against Bandura. Just so many matchups here to look forward to. I'll start with the Ruck because they're, the, I guess, the ones that everyone leans towards. Oh. Sam Gilmore versus Hamish Shepard. Hamish Shepard was just about best on ground last week against Montmorency. Um, you know, it's just his impact around the ground is just exceptional. Sam Gilmore's probably been one of the best Rucks this year mm. um, in the competition as well. Him, uh, well, Bucks and I think Shepard have been the big three. Um, what, what have you made? What do you make of this Ruck battle? We, we've seen it, you know. Uh, once this year with a match of the day we went to Yulong Reserve and we saw these two go at it Um, is this going to be another case where you said last week about whoever gets on top he can help his side their side win the match I think so but probably won't win the best on ground medal though just because there's plenty more talent across the park who you know could potentially be X factors but this is going to play a massive role Hamish like you said Shepard and Gilmore they've been the two best ruckmen in Melbourne Greyhounds well two of the best ruckmen in Division 1 this year and it's going to be a ferocious duel you know it'll be interesting because when we did see them out of Yulong Reserve at the start of the season I think Hamish Shepard might have played a little bit of a defensive defensive role Gilmore played more in ruck and I think that was the difference I reckon if Bandura are to win, you'd probably have to play Hamish she- Shepard predominantly in ruck just because, mm. you know, Sam Gilmore, if he's up against the second ruckman, like, say, Nathan Howard, who who is a really good ruckman and has that VFL experience too, he'll, t- he'll take advantage of that, expose him and consistently give his midfielders first juice. And we've, we've all seen what Harderberg's midfield, midfield can do. Oh, I think, yeah... He's going to have to predominate play, you know, ninety percent in off game time in ruck, or if a hundred percent of game time in ruck, and yeah, it's going to be, it's probably going to be a deciding factor. But they're probably either one of them. If they do have a big role, they probably can. But I probably neither of them would be my best on ground tip though. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to pick because yeah. there's just so many different plays that could really tear a game apart. The other ones are the two forwards here, Josh. We've got Josh Minogue at one end, John Jorgensen Ooh. at the other end. Uh, these are going to be some massive, massive <laughs> names that are going to try to kick some important goals and win the matches for their side. Um what what about what what is it about these two players in particular that that have made them well that have that have made them have such great seasons? Well, John Jorgensen, he just gobbles up contested marks and marks in general for fun, and usually it's up at the the top of the goal square or around or, or close to goals. So that's what that's what made him that's what's made him terrific. While the past couple of seasons he's been that key focal point uh, up forward, despite the fact. that Bundura boasts the likes of Danny Union and 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 Sam Lloyd up there and Carl Green as well. Josh Minogue, he's a real he's really good on the lead one on one. It's really hard to it's really hard to stop him and he can pretty much kick a goal from anywhere. He's got one of the most lethal set shots and yeah, he showcased that when we saw them a couple of well, well both occasions when we've seen Heidelberg this year and yeah. It, they're two, well, forwards very different from one another, but they're both, yeah, going to play a massive role. Absolutely. And then I guess, you know, we look at the, the back lines of, of, of different teams mm. because, you know, they've both had pretty great seasons as well in that sense, uh, the back sixes of both teams. Um, but I think everyone will also be drawing their eyes towards this midfield battle because, yeah. um, you know, you've got to look at what, what's been delivered throughout the year. Um, I think... Heidelberg clearly for me have the best midfield in the competition mm-hmm. you know Sam Gilmore is just there on his own but you've got the likes of Matthew Smith and Lockie Wilson making waves Braden Sires had a particularly great last month as Tom well Schneering. he's sort of coming into form as well as Tom Schneering so um, for me having those four <laughs> names in that you're able to rotate around is exceptional and that's what's made them so difficult to beat this year that just having those names in there that just have influences on the play every single time and then for Bandura's point of view, well, you know, Sam Lloyd has been a revelation, which is crazy to say because he's been at this team for two years. But um, having to play more of a forward world role at the start of the year, they've brought him into the midfield and he has taken it by storm. Um, him and Shepard just combined beautifully against Montmorency and, um, again, sort of led them to victory in a way. He'll be, you know, headlong with Luke Collins beside him as well. We saw Brendan Carline as well having a bit of an influence uh, in the middle of the ground. They've definitely got a few that can run in between there as well. So, um, yeah, massive clash. There's going to be some really juicy matchups, I think, in the middle of the ground on Saturday. Yeah, it's both midfields, the two best midfields in in, Melbourne, in Division 1. You know, yeah, Sam Lloyd has been just simply phenomenal in the last couple of weeks, consistently, you know, giving, the, giving his forwards an opportunity to get, well consistently giving his forward scoring opportunities and you know just his speed and his class his composure it's really been on show yeah Luke Collins the co-captain he stepped up into the co-captain role this year he's been phenomenal just always down down in the trenches and working his working his butt off all day every day you get Nathan Thomas running through there as well Danny Union whilst he's played more forward he he could potentially run through there as well Brendan Carline it'll be interesting to see if he potentially gets a tagging role on the likes of 
Matthew Smith, Tom Schneering, uh, on either a Matthew Smith or Tom Schneering or Wilson or, or Brian Sear. But yeah, this midfield battle, it is going to be really exciting. And yeah, just on Heidelberg's midfield too, just simply phenomenal when you have four of those players and three of which will... will probably start at the first centre bounce and you've still got one probably playing at like a half forward and that's probably going to be the Frank Rossbrook medalist from last year Lockie Wilson we saw we've seen a couple of times Mm. when we've seen them he's probably started at that half forward and pushed up into midfield it's it's a scary midfield by far the scariest midfield in division one absolutely and I think another challenge for or I guess a challenge for other for Heidelberg might be their back line because we saw on Sunday mm. with uh, Bandura, as, as well as, as good as John Jorgensen and Danny Union are in the forward line, they're not relying on having those two kick their goals. They, yeah. they have so many contributors around the ground and, and it's been like that for many times this year. So, you know, Jorgensen doesn't have to kick five or six. Mm. Uh, Union doesn't have to pop up and, and have a, a handful. He can, there are others around that can really help set the tone. So, um, I think the Tigers just got to be accountable as well for, for that back line and ensure that, you know, that it's not easy. And look, if we get a clash that was it's anything close to what we saw <laughs> la, well, a couple of weeks ago, the second semi-final where they went to extra time, then uh, we'll be in for a cracking match. It's Danny, uh, Danny Nolan, I should say, who knows this position all too well. Of course, a premiership player at Heidelberg. Michael mm. Ryan coming in, his first grand final with the Bulls. As coach, there's a lot of excitement brewing. We spoke to Michael Ryan post-game um, last week, or last Sunday rather, and um, it was great to see that they were able to, you know, um, you know he, I guess he was so excited about what he's been <laughs> able to achieve with this team, but um, it's all going to come down to, to what sun, Saturday will produce. Give me an area where you think this game will be won or lost, Josh. We've mentioned rucks and forwards and midfields. Uh, what needs to go the way of one of these sides to ensure they're able to get over the line? Well, it's an old cliche saying, I reckon, in the footy circles, but midfield. You know, if mid, it, it, that's where it all starts in midfield. And whoever gets more first juice out of ruck or out of the midfield, it'll go a long way for either side winning and with... And, both sides they both classy midfields and I reckon that's where the game's going to be won and lost if Bandura can break even with Holderberg's midfield I reckon they're a big chance just because it'll be really hard but I reckon they have the midfield to do so but if Holderberg get on top in that area it's going to be I reckon a long day for the Bulls all right let's get to this point now of the podcast I want your winner your margin and I want your best on ground for Saturday's grand final. <laughs> this, is gonna, this is going to be hard. It's hard. Nice and early tip for you. I, I said earlier as well, nine of the past 10 winners have won, that have won, I believe that they've played in the preliminary final. And okay. It's, and the past eight even have won. The last, the last team to win from first place is Bandura. So that, well... Whilst it is in the side that, you know, was back all when they were... All the stars are aligning here. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, all the stars are aligning for the Bulls, but they could also be aligning for Heidelberg just just because, yeah, it's been a long time since the top of the table side or the side that won the first or the second semi-final actually, actually won the, the grand final and... Look, it's hard to tip against the side 
that has only lost one game this season. But I but I am going to tip against the side who's lost one who's lost one game this season. I'm back in the Bulls. I just there's going to be an extra fire in the ba- right. there's going to be an extra fire in the belly of Bandura, especially given how they lost that last meeting between these two in overtime and with a kick after the siren, and they are going to be really, really determined, and they're in really good form, and they're pretty much at full strength. Neville Jeddah, Neville Jeddah Sam, Lloyd, Sam Lloyd among the ex-AFL players. You've got Ryan Sturgis of AFL, of AFL play. Hamish Shepard as well, who I believe, has played at the AFL level. Jackson Davies, you've got plenty of talent in there. Heidelberg have equally plenty of talent, but I just think... Bandura at full strength is just a little bit better, just a little bit better than Heidelberg. And I think that experience, it'll be key for, for Bandura. And I reckon it'll come to the four. I think it'll be close though. I'm again going to go single digits. I'm going to go, I'm going to go four points this time. I reckon it's going to be possibly a kick after the siren even or oh, even extra time. Geez. I would love that. I would love that. And best on ground. Sam Lloyd, he's just, he's going to play a big role and he's been in phenomenal form this year, I reckon. I reckon he's going to have a big role on Saturday and win that best on ground medal. I am, I love the fairy tale for Bandura if they mm. were to get up because I think at one point, like we said, you know, 2019, finishing second last, didn't know what was going to happen to a club that had been so good. And what also helps, they've also won the last three grand finals they've played in, including mm. 2011, where they beat Heidelberg as well. So I can see where you're coming from with everything just pointing towards Bandura from from that sense. But I, I can't go past Heidelberg the way they're going. Yeah. I know that the Tigers, I guess, have got a bit of a scare in that second semi-final and, and it means they're going to have a challenge that they deserve. I think, you know, while they haven't played as many games as they would have liked, this is still a class team. They'll be fit, they'll be fresh, they'll be mm. firing. Um, Sammy Gilmore's going to have a massive say, I think, in the ruck and um, his ability to go up forward and kick some crucial goals will be big um, as well. Uh, we talked about their midfield. I think, I think they'll just be able to overrun them with their talent and their ability. Um, and, and I think they're going to win by 14 points. I'm going with the Tigers. It will be close for most of the day, mm. but I think they'll break away or they'll hold them at arm's length for long enough to get the job done. And going for a bit of a dark horse for best on ground, I'm going Benjamin Nikolovsky now. Ooh. We saw him against Montmorency um, round 15 or 14 it was, um, and he was clearly best on ground in that game as well. He was terrific um, with what he was able to do out on the wing and his ability to go up forward and, and kick some goals. And then a week later, he was playing VFL footy exactly after that right. game. And we managed to get a, a VFL debut out of it as well. So a bit of that experience now coming back into this mm. team, I think that could be we, we worthy. Everyone's going to have their eyes on the, on the big trail or, or, or quad in the, in the midfield, and that's fine, but... I think he, he can be underrated at times, Benjamin Nikolovsky. So yeah. um, I reckon if he sneaks through and he's able to produce some damage on the on the flanks, uh, that might be enough to get Heidelberg over the line. But it also wouldn't surprise me if the Bulls turn around and, and get an incredible victory. So just so much to look forward <laughs> to. Now, be sure to tune into the coverage on Saturday. Um, I think, believe, from 1.30 we'll have... Uh, the live stream going. We've got some great pre-match entertainment coming up. Mike Brady will be performing, which we're very excited oh. about getting him back in the NFL. And of course, uh, 2.15 is the start of the match. So be sure to not go anywhere. So if you aren't able to get to Preston City Over, which of course we encourage you to get down and 
um, support three big grand finals. It's Heidelberg Bandura in the reserves grand final as well. So mm-hmm. expect a pretty big crowd coming from both clubs there. Um, and then the 19s, of course, Heidelberg. So all three Heidelberg teams could potentially come out as winners. They'll be Phenomenal. taking on Montmorency in the Marbilt Division 1 under-19s grand final. So head down. It should be a decent day. And um, hopefully you'll enjoy it just as much as we will. So until then, that's all we'll have time for on this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. Josh Ward, thank you as always for coming on, giving us some of your time. Yeah, really excited about this weekend too, and it can't wait to be out at Preston City Oval to watch the climax to an end of a terrific, terrific season. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast.